Welcome to the Sports Gods Pick Show. You got Ace and Malik. What's up? What's up? All right. Thank you all for listening again, as usual. I know you guys can't wait for us to get into it. We're going to be going over the NBA trade deadline and what moves actually made sense and made teams a lot better. My first focus is really Rajon Rondo going back to L.A. and Nikola Vucevic going to the Bulls. Um. I think Rajon Rondo actually is going to give them an actual point guard that can play defense and get the ball to their scores, which is what they've needed for a while, like a leader on that team. And yep. I think the Clippers made a move that will actually make them championship worthy. They can actually climb up and get ahead of uh, – it should improve their defense a little bit. Like they're still a little soft at the power forward and power forward and center position with uh, Zubac, but it should work. But with him at the point guard – it really makes Mike Conley's job a lot harder. It really puts a lot of pressure on the Lakers as well because now they don't have a point guard, and even if they do get a better center, it's really it's, – it, it makes it tough. So possibly. Um, I think Rondo, Rondo – Rondo had a great year last year, um, you know, in, in the role that he played with L.A. Yeah. and, you know, helping them, helping them win the championship – and you know, then he he you know, obviously you know for for all all good reasons you know he followed got he got paid and you know went over to Atlanta, and um, you know signed on there uh, to back up uh, Trey, uh, what's his name? Trey Young. <laughs> can't Trey Young. The playoffs. Yeah, um, and and he hasn't had a great year there. I mean, he was injured for a little bit um, and, you know, things just didn't work out there. Uh, and, and funny enough, Atlanta still, you know, in the mix for, you know, playoff contention and all those things. And so the, the, the decision that they made to trade him and get back Lou Williams, um, I actually thought it was a bit of a wash for the Clippers, not because of, not because of the things that, you know, uh, that you mentioned, because I definitely think he definitely adds something to them from mm-hmm. that perspective. But they lose – losing Lou Williams, you know, is big because of the type of, you know, instant offense that he's, cap- that he's capable of generating yeah, I think for gave, any team that he I comes they, to. But they traded him because he, was, he, wasn't, um, he wasn't really shooting as well as he had been the past couple of years. Right. I mean, he, and he was on the block. He had been on the block for a while. I mean, he, he, was a val- he was a value from the standpoint of, you know, Lou did not make a lot. He was not making a, a ton of money, um, you yeah. know, in the NBA from an NBA contract. I think, it's, I think his contract was around $8 million. Um, so it was a very tradable contract, a movable deal. Um, but, I, but again, I, I, think that, I think that from the... And now he can get the wings whenever he wants. <laughs> exactly. But I think that from a, from a you know from like a you know a, a you know, playoff perspective or, or expectations concern i think if you're asking rondo to be more than what he was on the lakers no he just needs to be that. then then you're then, it's, then you're asking for trouble if he just has to be that and you get a you know some and, and you're still able to get some really good performances from you know from from your stars you know they're able to carry things um, what what you're going to see is a guy who can 
run the offense. You can run the offense through him. You don't need to tax Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. You can allow them to play off the ball. I think this is going to make a lot of sense for them. In the fourth quarter of games, you'll see Rondo out there running things and getting guys involved and getting guys active. And that's where I see them having a lot of success. The question really is, did they give up, you know, did they, by giving up, uh, you know, uh, Lou, did they get back enough to compensate for the scoring that even, even, a, even a Lou not shooting well, you know, he was always capable of having one of those big nights. So that's the, that's the question that I have, and we'll see what happens. I think they're counting on um, – who's that guy who's playing point guard for them right now? He was on Detroit. He's not a big name, but he actually – Oh, Reggie Jackson? Time. Reggie Jackson, the other Reggie Jackson, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he can he can score, right? Yeah, he can he can, he can, he can fill it up and not pass. That's it. That's perfect. Yeah. Just keep shooting; it won't be a problem, right? So if he could just do that, then it's not an issue. Yeah. So if all he has to do is kick it out and let these other guys shoot, which is exactly kind of well, actually not what Kyle Lowry did. Kyle Lowry ran the tempo and he could score as well. Rondo can get to the hoop and make layups. He has two elite players on his team, so he just needs to get them the ball. This is the closest that they've had to the Celtics since he's left the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Right? So they tried to make it work with him there, but all he has to do is get the ball to Paul George. Paul George finally has a point guard that can set him up where he wants the ball. And he'll have someone that he has to listen to because this is someone who literally beat him last year um, in the playoffs and beat him when he was in the Eastern Conference. So this guy has been in the league. He knows what he's doing. And the fact that uh, Kawhi was actually yelling at his teammates the other day really lets me know like okay they realize if they don't win this year if they don't go further or go to the finals at least then um, Kawhi's going to leave you know, I know mm-hmm. he likes being in LA but I, I really think he could leave now more importantly Vucevic going to the Chicago Bulls is them finally going oh no we're not going to trade Zach Levine we're going to try to actually win because yeah. low-key, as much as people want to hate on the Knicks being sorry, the only team that's actually been sorrier that had a great past was either – well, now it's the Houston Rockets. But it would probably be – it would probably be them. And it would probably be the Orlando Magic, who have been mediocre to bad since Dwight Howard's left. Mm-hmm. And the Chicago Bulls have been trash ever since Michael Jordan left. They made one Eastern Conference Finals – Right? With Derrick Rose. With Derrick yep. Rose and Jimmy Butler. And that was, it feels like, over a decade ago. And I think it might have been <laughs> seasons ago. It was like, a long it was, time. It was, it was like the like 2013 like, season, right? 2013, I, I just re- I remember, yeah, I remember yeah. Um, it, it was, was 2012. Yeah. 2012. 2012. Okay, it was the 2012 season. So it was mm-hmm. eight years ago, right? So some of the guys that are in the league were in like junior high then. Like that's yeah. how long ago it was. So them getting Vucevic, who's 30, who's averaging 24 and 12, they have a real center. They gave up on Wendell Carter because he just couldn't get it going, but it was only the second year, so I get it. Lori Markin doesn't play on defense, neither does Vucevic. But this team can literally legitimately score like 140 points. This is the kind of move that if a team wanted to actually compete, this is what – if Thomas Bryant didn't get hurt, this is what the Wizards should have done. This actually makes the Bulls a more talented team, and I hate to say this, than the Knicks right now. I, I think that the Bulls were. They have I think that the Bulls were. 
the Bulls were trending that way anyway, in terms of they just from a sign. talent perspective. Yeah, from a talent perspective, they think they were trending towards having a you know having having a a, a better overall roster. I mean, they they have they got a better you know, point guard, made some guard, but they got no good bigs. I am Mark right, but they I mean they've 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 made some good some good draft picks. They've made some good signings over the years. You know, they would they were redeveloping. I mean, look, I mean Vucevic is a win now player. You know, he's yeah. a win now player on a uh and he's and it's funny, it's funny I say win now, even though he's never really done any winning. <laughs> um, yeah. um but he's playoffs twice, him and Gordon. Right, but he's he's the type of player that you know, you know, just plug him in and you know he's gonna give you his points rebounds he's going to give you statistics i think the thing that the thing that most stands out about him to me is i didn't even realize is he's shooting 40 percent from three you know yeah. as a center he's a stretch you know he's, he's able to stretch the floor yeah. in a way that allows levine um kobe white um all you know all the uh, patrick williams all the both players to to have freedom um to get to the paint and, and make, make plays happen from, you know, get to the line and, exactly. and make plays happen in the middle because you have that ability to kick that out to, to Vucevic and he can hit that. He can hit that three. So, yeah. you know, I think it's going to open things up for them. Will it get them into the playoffs? You know, maybe. Oh no, they were, I think that the, as of today, as of today, they were two and a half games out of, um, out there of like and... the seventh spot. Yeah. 10th um, spot. Yeah, so they're so they're they were they're close, right? And so this is a type of move where, like you said, you make this move because you believe that you believe that he's he's a missing piece to help get you into, you know, say the top six, which would allow you to, you know, not have to have the not have to be a part of the play in and uh and avoid that whole situation. So yeah, I think this is a good move for them, you know, Bulls getting them back getting themselves back into the playoffs. Um, you know, I would love to see what it means from from, from a, a cap perspective for them because clearly, you know, they're paying a lot of money to. No, because um, that's how they got rid of Otto Porter. That's why he was part of the deal. Right, but I'm saying, but Levine Levine's coming up uh, in terms of free agency soon. Um, you know, they're gonna have to figure out what they're gonna do with him. That's not a problem. Marketing, you know. So, I mean, all the I think marketing's a restricted free agent soon as well. Mm-hmm. So, you've got some decisions to make as far as like just the roster composition. And, you know, obviously, I don't think this team just obviously just I don't think this team is better than Brooklyn, right? So, you're not saying this is a championship no. team, no, but, but it's a team that's definitely going to be interesting, interesting to, uh, to see how they, how they form in the next, you know, year or two. And because in the Eastern Conference, it's basically the top three teams it's Philadelphia, who's 31 and 13, who's beating the Lakers as we speak, right, in the fourth quarter. Mm hmm. They've won 31 games. There's only two teams in the NBA. No LeBron, no Davis. It's going to happen. There's only, yeah, that's true. There's only two teams that have won 30 games the Utah Jazz at 32 and 11, and the Philadelphia Sixers at 31 and 13. Right? Everyone else is close. Oh, no. And Brooklyn, who's 30 and 15. Right? Right. Everyone else has won 29 games. Milwaukee's in third because they've lost less games, and second because they've lost less games than Brooklyn. After that, the next closest team in the East is Charlotte, who's 22 and 21, which is basically the same winning percentage as the Knicks, who are 23 and 22. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Chicago Bulls are 19 and 24. All it takes from any team from basically Cleveland all the way up until Atlanta, who's exactly at 500 at 22 and 22, is in the sixth spot. You go on a three-game winning streak, and all the rest of the second half games are going to be against these teams, depending on who Chicago has to play. If they're basically playing yeah. all of their division, they get to play Indiana. Um, they get to play Cleveland. They get to play Detroit. And if they can win all those games, they're in. But they also have to play Milwaukee. 
the problem is, even though he's a stretch four, that's exactly, he just does a better job of it than Brooke Lopez does. Brooke Lopez is shooting like 37% from three. Vucevic could basically make this the fourth best team in the East, which is kind of amazing, considering that Chicago is in the 10th spot, where at the very least have them qualify. Boston got Evan Fournier, which is supposed to be a replacement for um, Gordon Haywood, and will probably play just as well for a lot less money. And, you know, Boston is in the eighth spot, and they lost last night. And everyone yep. was healthy, meaning Campbell Walker played, and they still lost. Marcus Smart is back, and they still lost. So with them having, you know, the fact that the Boston Celtics are behind the Knicks and the Atlanta Hawks is kind of mind, mind-boggling to me. And they only made that small yeah. trade. And they traded away their backup power forward or center. Their center. Daniel Tice. Daniel, he, uh, wasn't, he wasn't Tice, starting yeah. at center for them. They've been starting um, Tristan Thompson. They were starting at Tristan the, Thompson. The Mm-hmm. In the five, mm-hmm. and they've had um, what's the, the other kid, Robert Williams, backing him up. Robert Williams, like a second yeah. round pick, even though they have Taco Fall, but I guess he's never going to see the court, which kind of makes them interesting from yeah. a betting perspective. Because every time I've picked the Celtics, they've really only covered one out of the six weeks that we've been doing this, yeah. which is kind of crazy to me. And Oladipo, now speaking of the Western Conference, you want to talk about that. Yeah, so uh, Oladipo goes back east. Uh, the Rockets finally let go of him um, and, and send him back over, send him over to the Miami Heat, which was interesting just because I, I remember reading um, or hearing Adrian uh, Wojnarowski on ESPN talking about how uh, Oladipo to the Heat had been a topic of conversation for years. Um, there was mutual interest between both sides for a while, and um, Oladipo had been trying to make his way to get to Miami. Um, and so the fact that, you know, Houston and, and, and Miami made a deal to to do that. And Miami was also able to make that deal without having to give up, you know, really uh, you know, their, their, their young core. Uh, any of their young core um, was actually pretty, pretty, pretty shocking. Um, again, I don't know that it makes them better than Brooklyn or better than Philly, but definitely, you know, opens some eyes and, and shows that, you know, Riley and those Riley and those boys can still, can still, you know, make, make things happen. Um, yeah. Um, I think the most interesting one in the West, uh, you touched on the Rondo, uh, the Rondo to, to the Clippers. I think the most interesting one in the West to me is uh, Aaron Gordon going to the Nuggets. Um, and and part, of the reason is, the part of the reason is, is uh, I was reading a, an article um, on The Athletic, uh, mm-hmm. which, was, which was kind of touching on the trade. And if you looked at the lineup or the, the roster, the, the starting five roster of the Denver Nuggets, you know, what you had was obviously you have Nikola Jokic, who's playing, you know, MVP level basketball at this point, at, at this point in time. You have Jamal Murray, who's, who's, you know, fantastic scoring, you know, scoring guard that can light it up at any given moment. Uh, Michael Porter Jr., who, you know, Wish he wish wished the Knicks would have you know, taken a gamble on him. Um, understood why they didn't. Obviously, understood why most teams didn't. You know, uh, you know, banking on his injury history and stuff like that. But you have him now playing at a level um, that you know most did not expect him to get at, uh, and and most expect him to actually now at this point because he's healthy, expect him to even blossom even further. And at the four spot before this trade, your starting power forward was. Um, and aging and not, not, not as effective. <laughs> exactly. Um, 
Like, and believe he's still in the NBA. Yeah. And so Paul Millsap, you know, was, was a player that was there. And again, just at this point in his career, was just not a, you know, premier starting player on a championship caliber team. No. It just, it just wasn't it. Right. And so with a team like Denver that was looking to infuse the squad with some talent, some shooting from the, from the four position, allow, uh, spread the court open, which is going to just to allow um, Nikola Jokic to just, to just really see the floor from his perspective and, and make some sick. I'm, I'm just thinking about the level of the alley-oops that you can be throwing to Aaron Gordon and that, you know, Nikola Jokic can be throwing to Aaron Gordon. Um, it's just, it's just, it's just going to be phenomenal to see what they, what they can do. And again, in a year where, you know, obviously LeBron James is out, Anthony Davis has been out. The Lakers appear to be vulnerable, at least at this time. Um, you expect them to be back by the playoffs, but they'll be they're, they're vulnerable. The Clippers don't appear to be world beaters, you know, yeah, uh, and the Jazz. Right. And despite the Jazz being what they've been all season, you know, they're still the Jazz, right? So it's not, it's not, they're not, they're not. And I, and I don't mean it to say that they're, that they're, that they're bad, but I mean it to say like, there's no predominant, right? There's no dominant force. There's a lot of really good teams in the West, but is there really a dominant, you know, force in the West where you can't honestly see a Nuggets team, this Nuggets team, you know, who was in the Western Conference Finals last year, yeah. you know, make another run because they've severely upgraded their talent level. Yeah. And now you put Paul Mills up on the bench and maybe with, you know, at him, you know, giving you 20 minutes a game coming off the bench, you know, his role now becomes something that that's more, you know, fitting to his talent level at this point in his career. So I think this is just a win-win for them from so many perspectives and they really didn't have to give up much because Gary Harris was on the trading block, has been on the trading block literally for the last two years. So yeah. I was like, you know, I made the decision I'm, on who their lead guard was going to be. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I really think this is this is just going to mean a lot for them, um, you know. Once once Gordon gets acclimated, uh, and, and then the other one, JaVale just McGee real quick, defense as well too. Right, right, yeah. And so getting Javale McGee to come in and and Javale was having a good year uh, on Cleveland, despite you know being on Cleveland, he was having a good year as well. Um, and then the other one, I will I will say the other one was. Uh, that was just an interesting one because as a Knicks fan, I was kind of hoping that we would figure out a way to get him was uh, the Portland Trailblazers picking up um, Powell from, uh, from the Raptors. I know. Um, Norman Powell from the Raptors, who, who was having an amazing year, um, who was having the best year of his career, averaging 20 points a game on Toronto, yeah. who was not playing well. But, but, you know, still, this is a team that was in the championship two years ago and, and had been a perennial uh, playoff team for a very long time. Yeah. I mean, he was having a really good year. He was entering into, well. into his free agency. Yeah. Um, he's entering into free agency coming out of this year. I believe he's unrestricted. But, you know, the fact that the Blazers get him, even if it's on a rental, um, they've been decimated by injuries over the course of the year. To be able to get him in, if they can get healthy towards the end of the year and you have a, a wing that can score, that can defend, uh, and that can play a lot of, that can, you know, is versatile enough and can do a lot of different things. It should do nothing but add to their, their, their level of danger, their, their dangerous level uh, in the playoffs. So looking forward to those two, those two items and um, seeing what the Western Conference playoffs is going gonna, is gonna to look out to be because uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, he's leading, Norman Powell's leading the NBA, his top three in the NBA in three-point shooting percentage. And he's, but the problem is, mm -hmm. they said he's a worse defender than 
Gary. I'm sorry, Gary. Um, not Gary Payton. Gary Jr. Harris. Gary. Not, no. no, who's the guy that they traded him for? Oh, Gary Trent. Gary Trent. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. Gary Jr. No, Gary Trent. No Jr. Yeah. It's just Gary Trent. No, it's Jr. No, Gary Trent Jr. Gary Trent Jr. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because his dad was, yeah, that's right, Gary Trent, the power forward. And he ain't that tall, but he's a much better defender than uh, Norman Powell. But I don't think Portland's worried about defense because they get into a lot of shootout games, as they did tonight. And they came back and ended up beating the Heat by three points, which seemed kind of like a miracle. But they ended up finding Dame on the three-point line as usual, even though Adebayo was having an amazing game. Had like four or five blocks and even a couple steals on him like 17 and 15 rebounds. So, yeah, it changed that up. It definitely makes the Heat better because they were having a terrible season. The fact that the Heat were behind the Knicks mm-hmm. and they were in the NBA Finals last year is kind of amazing to me. Um, the Sixers seem to be the team to catch, even though they traded their backup center. I forgot who they traded for. I think it was a different point guard they got, right? Oh, yeah, they traded to get... Uh, uh, George Hill. George Hill. George Hill. Which I guess they just yeah. wanted a better point guard or backup point guard to shake Milton. So it kind of lets them know that he should be a steadying presence and they want more veterans around these guys. So that Ben, so they have someone else who could step out and hit a three if Ben Simmons, you know, just refuses to shoot. Although he actually took one in the game right now, even though he's missed it. They're, they're giving LA the business. Schroeder and uh, Montrezl Harrell can't carry this team. So if they don't get Davis back, I don't know what's going to happen because it's rumored that he may actually have a partially torn Achilles tendon, which is why he's been out with calf tightness. Mm-hmm. Either that, or they're just resting him super duper long, and he has like plantar fasciitis or something a little bit more serious, and they're trying to let it rest and just give him uh, anti-inflammatories until he can come back. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Now moving on to our next topic, which was our final four picks. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody that heard us last week knows that we have no we we know nothing about this and are just as bad as everybody else. But I, I would yeah. like to note that I, I believe the only, there was only one bracket still alive at the end of day one, or, or there was one bracket still alive when the last game of day one was being played, and then that bracket was, that was dead. Perfect? That was perfect, sorry. Yes. Um, and, and that bracket was two. Right, and that bracket oh. was dead by the end of day two. Yes. So it <laughs> by Saturday it was over. It was so I don't feel too bad because nah. you know everybody's bracket is destroyed. Um, shout out to North Texas for ruining my uh, South bracket because they took out Purdue in the in the first round, which kind of shocked me. Um, I thought Villanova could lose, but they won without their point guard. They won two games without their point guard, and. Shout out to who the hell is that? Oral Roberts, who everybody seems to love these Cinderellas, but don't let Oral Roberts win in the Sweet 16 over Arkansas. No one will be watching that game. Okay. Nobody wants to see, I know this sounds mean, but nobody wants to see Oral Roberts play Baylor in the Elite Eight if Baylor happens to move on or Villanova play Oral Roberts. People like, people like these Cinderella teams early, but if it ends up being, yeah, but if it ends up being uh, who's still alive. If, well, actually, Syracuse is not really. I mean, they're an 11 seed, but they're in the ACC. Syracuse and 11, yeah. them in. If it ends up being, no, no, actually, that wouldn't really apply to them. If it ends up being Loyola Chicago versus Syracuse in the Elite Eight because Oklahoma State's gone. Yeah, that's going to be one of the lowest rated uh, NCAA Elite Eight games 
probably in the history of the tournament since they've had and since they've kept ratings on CBS. You know? Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. Like you said, everybody loves Cinderella in the first round. They kind of love Cinderella in the second round. By the time we get to the Sweet 16, they're kind of ready for Cinderella to go the hell away because yeah, they want the real teams to step up. Right. The reason why Cinderella is Cinderella is because unless you got some superstar David Robinson type dude like on Navy or something. Right. 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 That's what I'm saying. The reason why Cinderella is Cinderella is like, is is it's not a team that you would expect because they are not the blue blood schools. They don't have the greatest talent. You know, they're just like a scrappy group of you know players that nobody knows. Yeah. They've got you know, and they've got like the you know the, like the, their fans their and their crowd forward. behind them. Yeah, it's like, you know, at some point in time, you know, they, but you expect them to be gone, right? You're like, okay, this is, yeah. this was nice. You, you had your little run. Okay, now go back because the big boys are playing. And that's what you hope. That's what, you know, as a fan, that's what you hope for. That's why, that's why there's never a Cinderella. And nobody ever does a Cinderella making the final four, you know, unless you went into that school, right? <laughs> typically, typically, you know, Cinderella's, you don't, you don't put them in the final four. You, you wind up, your final four always winds up having, you know, ones and twos and, and possibly threes and, you know, um, and a four seed maybe, and, and maybe a four seed every once in a while. Right. So yes, but you're right. You know, Oral Roberts versus Arkansas, everybody's expecting the Razorbacks to take that one. And if they, if they make, if they found a way to get to that game in the Elite Eight against Baylor, it'll be the first 15 yeah. seed ever in the, in the Elite Eight, which would be like yeah. death to the ratings unless the entire right, state right. of Oklahoma now, is going to become uh, Oral Roberts. becomes Oral Roberts. <laughs> exactly. Um, tight Oklahoma and Oklahoma State are both out. Yeah. Um, my, my, my pick last week, uh, my pick to win the national championship, as a matter of fact, last week was Iowa, um, the two seed coming out of the West Conference. Um, mm-hmm. I had them, and they promptly got bounced in the second round to a very good Oregon team. Now, this is – I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not even – I can't even like, – like, Oregon – did what they did but i'm willing i'm saying here i'm calling this out mm. that i'm sh- I, I think i would have would have beat oregon if oregon would have had to play vcu because they would have been tired of some sort they didn't have to play vcu because of the whole mm. covid situation so because so they didn't have to play a game they didn't have to play a game wow. so they were fresh going into that game against iowa and they scored 95 points in that game they are the highest scoring team yeah they had the they had the highest output of any team in the entire in the entire uh, tournament thus far. Yeah, that's okay. Hard to do. So to me, I'm giving I'm giving Iowa a pass. Okay, okay. I'm giving Iowa a pass. All right. Well, they beat Grand um, Canyon, so they did part of their job. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, listen, my team that I had winning the whole thing was um, three of my final four are gone, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, two of them lost in the first round. So Purdue lost to North Texas, mm-hmm. and Texas lost to Abilene Christian. Shaka Smart is looking to get fired. I thought he was <laughs> going to win because this team jumped out to a 10-1 um, record first 11 games, and I was like, oh, this is crazy. They might only play 22 games. They could be, a, you know, they could be 18-2. and two. This is crazy. They're going to win the Big 12. They came close to winning the Big 12 this year, but you lose to Abilene Christian? You didn't even lose to the, the best team in Texas. You're supposed to be the best team in the state of Texas. And you lose to Abilene Christian. <laughs> and I'm like, how? How, how, how is this? 
because the guys who play for Texas have played these guys at Abilene Christian before because they're all from that state, and they've beaten them, probably in high school, probably in AAU runs, and mm-hmm. y'all lose to them. Yep. So it's like that kind of shocked me. Yeah. And then on top of that, Oklahoma State losing to Oregon State. All right. It's Oregon State won the Pac-12 tournament, so clearly, you know, they're better right. than I thought. So I'm not so shocked at that one, but Purdue losing to North Texas, losing to a Sun Belt school, <laughs> Sun Belt, or is it was North Texas Conference USA? Uh, I think that's the USA actually. Conference USA, the new Conference USA, which is basically the old Sun Belt, because all the Conference USA schools were that were any good were Marquette, were Louisville, Cincinnati, and they've all moved on to the American, the Big East, and like real conferences. This is. So they lose to North Texas, which is kind of a football school, if anything, not really a basketball school, their first tournament whenever, which is kind of shocking. So it's like, obviously, like you said at the beginning of this, I don't know what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. <laughs> if, if you believe in uh, West Virginia, who I think moved on right there in the Sweet 16, if you picked Houston, hey, I guess they're good money. I actually put $10 on Texas to win it, to win their, um, just to win the East region because they were plus 650. Um, I guess I should have put that on Alabama or FSU because I have all those teams in the Sweet 16. So who knows? And yeah. maybe the Zags will just pull off the perfect season. Yeah, maybe it's looking it's look it's looking like it's trending that way. Actually, West Virginia is out. West Virginia was bumped by Syracuse, so Syracuse is actually right. uh, in the Sweet 16. Yeah. Um, shout out to Michigan, though. I mean, I think I think all of us had Michigan being the first one seed out. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, possibly, possibly to LSU, um, but possibly, yeah, possibly to LSU. I, I think I had them losing to LSU in the second round. I think I had, I might have had them losing to Florida State in the Sweet Sixteen. I think I had them going here, yeah, um, right. but obviously, they, you know, they were the school that a lot of people had doubts about because of their injury situations. Um, and so the fact that they're, they're still standing, you know, and yeah, obviously, you know, again, still a one seed for a reason. So shout out to Jawan Howard and, uh, and what he's doing, what he's doing with that team. Um, yeah. one more, one more win and you're in the elite eight and you know, that's, uh, this is his first sh- year coaching a team, right? Right. Exactly. Yeah. First year. First year you coaching know? a team. He had mm-hmm. to basically win the big twin regular season. He's has them in the sweet 16. Indiana just fired your, their coach. Ohio mm-hmm. State got knocked out in the first round. So you're pretty much the man, right? Yeah, like he does exactly. One more time, he takes him to the Final Four. He might be coaching the Detroit Pistons next year. <laughs> I think, I like, think my, with Jawan Howard, if Jawan Howard takes this Michigan team, takes Michigan to the Final Four, yeah. he, should, he should walk into the athletic complex of Michigan and sit, take a seat at Jim Harbaugh's desk and say, this is now mine. Look at yeah. me. Look at me. You should give me I'm the captain now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the captain now. I want your I want the office. I want the quarter office. I want the south. Put him in my quarters and and I get to sit here because I win things. I'm the guy that wins. He's the other guy. <laughs> wow. Wow. Well, yeah, he did beat Ohio State. I mean, it doesn't mean as much as in football to them, but like, oh, it means something. <laughs> exactly. Basketball, basketball is important to them. Like, let's not pretend. He gets them to the Final Four. He will have earned a Final two Final Four banners for the school as a player and one as a coach, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, exactly. Big ups to him, and also shout out to Evan the Mobley brothers of USC. 
put in the work on Kansas, who may not be back in the tournament for a while after this whole NCAA investigation gets going, but they were beating the brakes off of them. I had to cut on that game just to see what these dudes were doing, and they were basically doing whatever they wanted. Yeah. And Evan Mobley is supposed to be a top three or four pick in the NBA, and now I see why. Yeah, absolutely. Dribble, shoot, move with the ball without the ball. Maybe I didn't underestimate how deep this draft was going to be, but the top four guys are going to be talented. So I see why um, Orlando traded away their whole team to try to tank it out, which they very well can do. <laughs> it's either going to be them or Detroit with the number one overall pick. I mean, no disrespect. Like, hey. Hey, look, Orlando's ownership, Orlando's ownership watched, Kate, watched Kate Cunningham and looked at the rest of the roster and said, yeah, yeah we don't want any of you. We Y'all want to go. Terrence Ross gets to stay, but everybody who wants you, we're trading them. Exactly. First round picks from Fusevic. It's like, why wouldn't we do this? That is true. You can't be mediocre forever. And Aaron Gordon was like, this ain't working out. They were like, yeah, it's not working out. You've been hurt. You're not playing that well. Go to Denver. Go hang out there. You go win. Absolutely. Yeah. So I don't blame them. Um, I still got the Zags in my final four as does 98% of America. So there was my picks. Had you listened to the Ken Bond ratings, though, I had Gonzaga, Baylor, Michigan, and Illinois all making it, which are all one seeds. But he did actually predict Houston going as far as they did and also Syracuse going as far as they did, if you go went by his predictions. And Alabama should be making it to the Elite Eight, although Iowa is gone. And he had USC going to the Sweet 16 as well. So mm-hmm. shout out to Ken Palm. Those were kind of useful, but I guess they tricked me to predict pick and Purdue higher than they should have been because he had them ranked 13th out of a out of the 64 teams that made it. And Oral Roberts is the lowest ranked team ever by him to win two games, who are ranked 151 at the beginning of the tournament. Wow! Out of 300, Jeez. out of 365 teams that they ranked, they were ranked 151. All right. So they're yeah. just dead smack in the middle. Yeah. The most average of average. Yeah. <laughs> and they beat Ohio State, who was ranked seventh. And then they beat Florida, who was ranked 36th. Mm-hmm. So there you go. And Arkansas is ranked 18th. So if Arkansas doesn't win this game, they got beat by a team that's ranked more than 100 spots lower than them and plays way slower than them in pace. So either Oral Roberts is the luckiest team in the tournament or I don't know. Maybe some, maybe them giant prayer hands are working out there in Tulsa for them. Who knows? All right. Moving on, we have. I'm going to recap. Oh wait, I didn't put that on there, or did I? Did I delete it? What happened? Oh, you got to be kidding me! Oh, okay. I didn't copy our season records. So our season records so far, because we've a few people have missed a couple weeks, but I've made all my picks. Um, I'm just copying it over to the next page so we can all be looking at the same thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. On the season, we should have picked 46 games so far. I am 30 and 16 and 10 and 5 on my best bets. Last week, I did terrible going 3 and 7 in the, out of the 10 games and 0 oh and 3. Both me and Malik somehow Ant went 3 and 0 oh in, uh, in his picks. He picked the Pistons, he picked the Warriors, and he picked the Blazers. Um, Malik went one and nine out of his ten picks, and it's eleven and seventeen on the season. <laughs> that is correct. One and nine. I went that three is and seven. Hilarious. 
and Anthony went just being contrarian, just going against you or me, just whatever he felt like. It, he went four and six, and went three and on his best bets. Amazing. Hilarious. And on the season, I'm three and six. He's four and two, and you're ten and five in your best bets. Yeah, it just it's yeah. it, it's interesting because you know, like I said, basketball is basketball is a tough. Is to me, I've always found basketball to be tougher just because of the ability the the yes. ability to turn, you know, a five point low five point you know deficit to a you know three point win. Like it's it's you know in a, in a very short span of time, right? Yeah. Um, it's so it's it's just really really difficult to do which is why i typically don't tend to bet on on basketball but i do like to i do like to 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 pick it so let's do it i i do tend to bet on nba games and i don't always i don't always do so good in college i've done better like i think you were mentioning the 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 espn pointed out like if you put a hundred dollars on those four teams yeah you got fifteen thousand dollars or something yeah yeah because oral roberts wasn't supposed to win it was oral roberts abilene christian Syracuse and I can't remember the fourth team right Loyola now. Chicago, Loyola Chicago. Yes, exactly. All money line underdogs, and you just bet them to win in a four yep. game parlay, and it makes it like fifteen hundred to one or fourteen hundred mm-hmm. to one. <laughs> and it's like, wait, what? what that? How's that work? Exactly. And then somehow last week, I, I just want to point this out. Last week, what was that spread? Oh, so the Nuggets were beating the Bulls by eleven points. Then the Bulls take them to OT, and then the Nuggets end up winning by four. We all pick the Nuggets, right? We mm-hmm. expect them to wipe the Bulls because of Jokic playing great. No, turns out, um, what's his name from the, the Canadian, their Canadian two guard there from via Kentucky had a bad game, Jamal Murray. Jokic played great, so that's why they ended up going to overtime. Yeah. So games like that may be won now going into the future. The Suns covered barely by beating the Timberwolves by 12 points. Had to win by 10 and a half. That was one of the few wins. Oh, wait, you had two wins last week. I take that back because we all won that Suns bet because the Suns actually won. I okay. the game. So you went two and eight. I apologize. Ah. And I went four and six. No. Uh, and Anthony went five and five. No harm taken there. <laughs> no harm well, taken you know, there. I want to give you a second win. <laughs> it, all, it, all, it all counts. It all does count. Yes, I'll take right. it. So we're not as bad at this as I thought. So, and then also the Jazz somehow couldn't hold off the mighty Toronto Raptors playing in Tampa and ended up beating them by three um, when they were playing on the road. And the Nets lost, lost to said Orlando Magic, who traded everyone away. And I'd like to point out James Harden and. Um, Kyrie Irving both played in that game and they yep. still lost. Yep. By eight to yeah. the Orlando Magic. Yeah. And if you listen to and if you listen to I specifically remember all of all of the all of the crap, all the trash we threw on Orlando <laughs> when we were talking about that game. So I'm guessing okay that they heard to visit. You know. <laughs> I'm guessing that somebody on that team heard what we said and said, yeah. clearly the sports gods don't believe in us. So that just means we got to go out and win and, yeah. and win big and like prove spank wrong. and like spank Brooklyn. Like we, we, we got to go out and spank Brooklyn. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, it's just hilarious. So they took some pride, figure. but they traded away three of their top three scores. Right. Yeah. Everybody, the only person left is Terrence Ross, who had an amazing tweet where he tweeted out, I'm the captain now, <laughs> which is hilarious. 
and fitting because he's now the best player and the longest tenured player absolutely. there. He absolutely is. And I feel bad for them because their rookie point guard got hurt. Marco Fultz got hurt. So he's out with an injury yep. for the whole season. So that's it. Like, it's just him. And he'll be able to average 30 points a game. He'll be able to Bradley Beal it up. Yeah. And just do this thing. Although Beal not playing so great this year as much as he was earlier in the year. So it is what it is. So, yeah, I'm, I'm not as bad as I thought. I am uh, – oh, I'm 31 and 15, and Malik is 12 and 16. And 12 Anthony, and 16. 11 and 13 now. I'll take it. This is my this is, this is is my day. To, this is my time to make the run. I'm going to make my run this week. Suns are a solid team. They, they, they've been covering a lot of games. The Suns – the Sun and the Pacers have been, have been coming through for people. You know, and luckily I took the magic because I just didn't think that the um, Nets were going to beat them by that much. I thought they would take it easy, and apparently they did. So I guess I just know. Um, but what makes it interesting this week, we have 11 games on Friday. I think it's because they had a lot less games on Wednesday this week. Mm-hmm. And the ESPN games are the Bucks at the Celtics, where they just showed yesterday, right? So they're playing – they have a lot of – this is weird scheduling this year. The teams are playing each other two games in a row. Two games in a row, yeah. The Knicks just played the Wizards and they're in switching a back-to-back. Yeah. Well, the Knicks played the Wizards two times in the Garden. So okay, they played so the Knicks on they played they played each other on Tuesday in the Garden, and they played again on Thursday night, which is when we're recording this in the Garden. It's just weird. It was just a weird. So I was wondering, like, did the Wizards go home? Like, like you had a day off. So did you go back home, or did you just stay in New York for the for the day? I figured they would just stay in New York. Like I, I figured that too. I figured that too. But I mean, it's unfortunate, you know, it, COVID New York is just different from regular New York. So yeah, but it's also COVID DC. Like, what's yeah, but the it's, difference? it's home, right? It's like, it's like you could yeah. go back home to your, your, and it's four hours away. So it's not like you didn't have to. It's not like you, it's like you, it's not like you're across the country, right? The bus could have taken them back and they could have came back. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. So, okay. That's a good point. Well, the Bucks are playing the Celtics, I think, back-to-back in the same city. They're playing mm-hmm. in Milwaukee again. They beat the Celtics. They covered. I don't know if they covered that spread, but they have to win by six. Um, the Bucks, excuse me, the Bucks didn't make any trades, I don't think. They did trade for um, earlier last week. They traded for PJ PJ Tucker. Uh, they traded with Houston. And he hasn't played the game. No, he hasn't played yet. Uh, I don't know if he's if he's coming off of injury or not, but he hasn't okay. yet uh, played for them. So they're working him back into the mix. And the Celtics had Evan Fournier, who should be ready to go for them. And he may actually end up starting at a small forward for them, which will work out quite nicely. Gives them a little bit more size and some shooting. And the Nets have none of their starters healthy. Hopefully, James Harden's going to play tomorrow. They're going to be in Detroit playing the Pistons. And even though none of their superstars are playing, they are guaranteed to play. They're still a five-point favorite to win that game. Yep. And I'm trying to figure out how that works because Jeremy Grant might be able to win this game by himself. But if if Harden plays, I got to give it to the Nets. But I still – I don't know. I still want to pick the Pistons, but I think I I put the Nets on the sheet because if Harden plays, I I just expect them to win. Um you know, DeAndre Jordan's good enough. Joe Harris is good enough. They have enough guys on that team who actually they need to get used to playing without their superstars. And I think it'll make them a better team. Just with Harden alone, though, he makes enough passes to make the team great. And he can actually get like 13 or 14 assists pretty much with anybody. Maybe I've been underrating him as a point guard, but it works. 
and it worked for this team. You know, the way Nash has been coaching them, it actually worked out. So who knows? The Pistons are just trying to lose them all so they can get either Evan Mobley or Cade Cunningham. <laughs> They're clearly going to be the worst team in the league. So I'm taking the Nets on that one. What about you? Yeah. Um, I don't, I don't want to take the Nets. I think for the same reason that you said, like with yeah. Harden being out, I don't want to because with Harden being out and with so um, Harden's a game time decision, so that's what makes you yeah. nervous about this. Right, right. If, if there's there's the potential for Harden to be out, um, there's also the potential for, uh, and you know we already know Kyrie's out, we already know KD's uh, out. He's so still celebrating his birthday, Kyrie. <clears throat> exactly. Um, you know, this is this is just one of those games where you know. Pistons come in and and you know they're home and they 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 play well and um you know they keep it close or or they win the game outright you know because against a depleted Nets Nets team that you know did not add people at the trade deadline that you know people thought that they may they may have been active in the trade deadline and they really weren't uh, maybe they'll be more active in the buyout market you know when certain names like. Uh, <clears throat> You know, Andre Drummond become available. Maybe that's somebody, some players they go after, or or, or Otto Porter. Um, you know, guys like that that they can get on a minimum. But right now, they're still not, you know, the team that they need to be in terms of you know being complete. Uh, they just don't have it yet. Uh, and so the Pistons, you know, being on the road against the Pistons and being a favorite when you're when you're potentially down all three of the superstars that you that you've spent money and and assets to acquire, mm-hmm. just you know makes it feel really, really, really sticky for me. I'm going to take the Pistons here. All right. Uh, I've talked myself into it. I'm going to take the Pistons here, and I'm going to, you know, hope for – You think they can win outright? I think they can cover. I think they can cover. Win by two. I think they can definitely cover. Lose by two, lose by three. You know, lose, lose, lose in a one-possession type of situation. Right. Um, I would say, though, I, I do agree with you. If Harden plays and – He's good to go. He's a hundred, you know, not hundred percent, but he's, you know, capable of going out there and, and giving it, giving, giving the type of performance you expect from James Harden. Then he can beat them by himself. So, yeah, him and Joe Harris can do it. And somehow, whenever he plays, Jeff Green has the game of his life and can drop twenty twenty five whenever he wants. Which is exactly where the hell is this coming from in the year twelve? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, Bucks Celtics. Celtics added Evan Fournier. The Bucks added, I don't know who. Oh, PJ you Tucker. just said PJ Tucker. Yeah. So, with that being said, I'm going to take the Celtics getting six on the road. Um, the last time they played, Giannis didn't have a great game. Neither did Marcus Smart. So I think he'll shoot better. He's going to play better defense. I. This is important for the Celtics because they're expected to actually be a championship team. And Danny Ainge added Evan Fournier, and people were clowning him on Twitter. Everybody in Boston was kind of upset. They were like, are you serious? You didn't get us a big. You traded Daniel Tice and got nothing. Not LaMarcus Aldridge, not Andre Drummond, none of that. Now, I don't know if they can convince Andre Drummond to come and play in Boston, but if they can, that makes this a much better team. They're saying Drummond's deciding whether or not he's going to play between, I think it's not the Sixers, but it is it is the Eastern Conference team, but I'm just trying to remember which one. Um, and, oh, it's either the Nets or the Clippers. He's deciding between playing for. I think the Lakers might also be in there as well if he wants to go in uh, ring chase and show why he should be getting $25 million a year still. But um, with already with um, 
Blake Griffin joining the Nets and actually playing in a couple of games that might change it. So I'm going to, yeah, I'm switching my pick to the Celtics. I think they're going to cover this. They might actually be able to win this game. And I think they're just going to play the same team back to back. It's hard to lose by that much in a row. Yeah. So I'm going to take the Celtics. And they're also plus 200 on the money line if you think they're just going to win outright. So, but I'm going to take them with the points. Uh, yeah, I'm going to take the Celtics too. So uh, you, you mentioned these two teams have played, just, just played each other in that game. Milwaukee won by two points, 121-119. Yeah. Um, and that was a game where Giannis actually did not play well. He only had no. 13 points, eight boards, seven assists. I mean, he, he had, he filled up the stat sheet in other areas, but he did not have a great uh, shooting, shooting night. Uh, and that team was carried by the likes of Chris Middleton, uh, Brooke Lopez, Dante Di, Dante G. um, and even Bobby Portis, uh, you know, got in 21 points yeah. off the bench. So the team was, you know, obviously held up by the sum of their parts. Um, as a matter of fact, actually, we were we were wrong. Ace PJ Tucker has been playing, and so he likely will play. He actually played that game on Wednesday night. Did he really? And had three points in. Yeah, he had three points in 19 minutes. So, yeah, not not too three much of an impact. Three points in 19 yeah. minutes. Yeah, so nice. not too much of an impact. So that, you know, obviously they're, they're probably bringing him along, but um, that's, that's that's about what he was playing in Houston. Yeah, well, in Houston he was motivated. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but I say all that to say that you know I feel like Boston, you know, with their two with their two stud stud all star players, mm-hmm. you know, uh, Kemba Walker getting a little healthier every every time he gets out there, and you know the other complement of guys that they have. Again, like you said, they should either win or at the very least cover. And so we'll go ahead and take the Celtics. Uh, we'll double up on that and take the Celtics to uh, to cover um, with the six. So I'm not going to pick them to win either outright. I wouldn't pick them on the money line, even though that's a nice, that's a nice number, nice round 200. Um, but I will go ahead and, uh, and take the Celtics, take the points. All right. Next up, we got – and that game is going to be on ESPN if anybody actually wants to check it out nationally. So easy to watch. Yep. Uh, next game is going to be the Suns at the Raptors. So Phoenix is going down to Tampa to play them. They just traded away one of their leading scorers, Norman Powell. I don't even know who they got back. Oh, they got Gary Trent Jr. Gary back. Trent. Mm-hmm. Um, he should be. Yeah, he should be able to be a shoot for them. Um, the Suns are rolling. They're I think they're the third best team in the record in the West. You drop Chris Paul into a team, somehow this guy just wins. And everybody was debating me last year, like, oh, should the Knicks have traded for him, yada, yada. I'm like, yeah, they should have, because it would have been a win-now move. <laughs> exactly. Then we don't have to worry about a point guard, and then you could just draft quickly, and then he could teach quickly how to be a point guard, and it would have worked out. And the Knicks might be the third best team in the East. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> but we don't know, because we don't have Chris Paul. The Suns do. So that was smart by them to get, you know, go, you know what, let's actually try to win and keep our stars here. Um, I got to take the Suns. The Raptors just trade away the third leading scorer. Um, Kyle Lowry isn't done, but he's just not better than Chris Paul. And DeAndre Ayton is way better than Chris Boucher, who's the starting center for the Raptors. Give me the Suns. I think they can beat them by four and a half. They can they can win this game by six or seven points easy, even though they're playing on the road. Because there's nothing to do in Tampa, so what trouble are they going to get into? Give me the Suns. Yeah. Yeah, give me the Suns as well. This isn't this is interesting just because I, I feel like this line should be higher, even though the Raptors are at home, which is really not a home. You know, air quotes on home for the Raptors yeah. this year. Uh, playing in Tampa Bay is not their home. Um, they don't have fans there. Uh, well, not a lot of fans, um, and there's really just nothing there for them. And they've just not been impressive at all this year. Um, 
and and giving and not for nothing, losing Norman Powell is gonna hurt this team. He was scoring twenty points a night for them. He was at shooting forty three, almost forty four percent from the three point line for them. So he was a, a a big piece of what they were doing, even though what they were doing was not very good. <laughs> um, and so you you take him away from the equation. Yeah, I mean, they wouldn't have been able to, and they mean it was the right it was the right move, right right trade for them to make at this time. Um, but when you lose that level of production, and on the heels of that, you have a team like the Phoenix Suns who are rolling, coming into your coming into your building, which is really not even your building. Um, there's just no there's, right. There's just no like. There's there's not much uh, motivation to to pick them here unless you're just really a, a diehard Raptors fan. So I would go ahead and and, and take the Suns, give the four and a half, and and uh, and actually want to put this as my best bet for the uh, uh, for 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 these games. So this will be my first best bet: Suns over the Raptors minus four and a half. All right, put it in the book. All right, next up we have the Nuggets playing in New Orleans at the Pelicans. Nuggets are favored by two. I think they should be able to win this game by three or four, considering they just added Aaron Gordon, who is now healthy, and he's going to want to get playing again. He's been playing the past week and a half, I think, for the uh, Magic. And you ran down all the things that made the Nuggets better. I think the Pelicans did nothing to get better, and they should have. And they're going to lose this game by about five or six points. And the money line, even for the Pelicans to win, is only plus 105. So I'm taking the Nuggets as my first best bet of the week. Uh, the Minus Pelicans two. didn't, yeah, the Pelicans didn't do anything to get better. Lonzo wants out. So that's not a good situation when you got young dudes who went out of a team that they got traded to. Yeah. I, I think the Pelicans is, again, I think we talked about the Pelicans last week. They had the game last week. They're just, they're an interesting take they're because trying hard, but they just don't win. They really are trying hard. They just they just don't seem to be able to string together any wins, and the conversation really around uh, around Zion and around the Pelicans was, you know, that trading Lonzo at this point would have given David Griffin the opportunity to get something, you know, for you know for a player that they're likely to lose in free agency. Is he a free I mean, he's, a restri- he's restricted. He's a restricted free agent, so they can match. So they're going to get Zion um, and trade. Yeah. Um, and so maybe they just didn't find a deal, you know, in the trade market that made sense to them. But I think holding on to Zion, holding on to Lonzo tells us that, you know, clearly they're, they're, they, they want to push for a playoff. They, you know, they're not so far out of the playoff contention that they can't find their way in if they have a good, again, like you said, a good week or, you know, a good, 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 you know, five-game stretch. Listen, five and, games is like a 10-game win streak. Yeah. But it's only 30 games left, so. Yeah. Um, but it's just going to be tough to see them get it against the Nuggets. I mean, the Nuggets are, you know, they're they're the better team just on paper. And although they have not had the best season thus far, they've been able to keep themselves well into contention. And whether Aaron Gordon plays or not, um, I don't oh, think is important. Play. Yeah, I don't think it's important. I don't think it's important to whether or not they can beat the Pelicans. I think you know, you want Aaron Gordon for the for you know for when they have to play against you know the Clippers and. You know, and 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 uh, the Jazz and those teams, you don't necessarily you shouldn't need Aaron Gordon to beat beat the Pelicans. Well, now you got especially as up and down as Zion. right? But especially as up and down as the Pelicans are, like you shouldn't need Aaron Gordon in order to in order to win against the Pelicans. So if the Nuggets are who 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 they should be, um, they should take this game. So give me the Nuggets, and I'll give the two points. So I'll take the Nuggets here as well. All right, 
Next up, we got the Timberwolves, probably the two worst teams in the West by record and also by talent. Well, actually, I don't even know by talent. Let me not say that because they still got Case Cat and they also have uh, D'Angelo Russell, who I don't even know if he's ever going to come back to the Timberwolves, which is kind of tanked their season. But they do have a pretty good backup point guard in Ricky Rubio. So we got the Timberwolves hosting the Houston Rockets, who lost 20 games in a row, won one game. And they traded away Old Depot, which shows that they're trying to lose the rest of their games. Um, I feel the worst for John Wall, who was in a bad situation, went to the playoffs a couple of years, got a super max, gets hurt twice, then gets traded to the Rockets. It's like, ah, I think we can win. They trade Old Depot. They get rid of another teammate of his from college in um, Cousins. In Demarcus Cousins, right? So now it's literally just him. And the other center who they had, who's hurt, and I don't know if Christian Wood is starting to come back. So do I think that the Rockets are going to go on the road and win a game? No. No, I do not. Not a team that lost 20 games in a row. The Timberwolves have surprised me in beating some good teams, and even though they've only won 12 or 13 games, I believe, after playing 40, um, yeah, I'd still trust them more at home, even though I really don't want to take them. But if they're going to win this game, they're going to win it by seven or eight. Uh, Anthony, the the rookie that they have, Anthony Edwards, yeah, he is playing amazing. He is playing amazing. He's been averaging twenty points over the past two three weeks. I wish I would have picked him up in fantasy. Uh, I just drafted him on my team to begin with because he is crushing it. The Rockets don't have a good answer for that. They don't have to lose. They're going to lose production from all the depot, and I don't know where they're going to gain it back in terms of scoring. So, yeah, give me the Timberwolves minus the three and a half. Um, I'm tempted to put this as my best bet, but I think there's better games to pick. So Timberwolves for the win. Yeah, not much, not much to go with there. T Wolves are the better team. They are the healthier team overall. Their roster is better. And I, what I will say is, I, I really do feel bad for Stephen Silas here. I mean, you know, he went from a team that he, you know, he he came into a team that had James Harden, that had. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that had just recently been in the playoffs and, and really had some, you know, James Harden and Russell Westbrook and all these guys on the, on the team. And he sat around and watched player after player, you know, walk out of that building and go to other, other opportunities and other, other situations. And they should have kept Karis LeVert instead of Oladipo. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and, and then you think about, you know, obviously you, you mentioned John Wall and, 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 you know, him coming there and this, hope you know for him I'm, I'm assuming that he was hoping that this was going to be just a new chapter in his life and a new opportunity to to regain yeah. some level of you know all-star credibility that he had lost because of the injuries um and he's played well i mean he has not yeah. played poorly you know this year and it just hasn't factored into any wins um and and again he's got one of the most untradeable contracts in the entire nba so it's not like yeah. the the end is near for him unless he's willing to take some kind of major haircut on a buyout or something, something crazy, for something crazy like that. that he's gonna he still stands to make 150 million dollars yeah financially he's, he's paying, good and now he's paying no state income tax exactly yeah financially he's, he's he's great so if he's okay with just losing you know you know he's you know 75 to 80 percent of his games every year um and just collecting a paycheck and living in you know a, the great city that is houston um <laughs> that's if that's enough then, then then great you know fantastic but 
um, if he was trying to win and you know, it's unfortunate, unfortunately, it doesn't look like that opportunity is going to present itself anytime soon, um, at least not for the next couple of years until they're able to rebuild their, their roster. So give me the T-Wolves um, and, you know, I will, I'll, yeah, I'll take them to, to cover the three and a half points. It's just interesting that a team that's lost 20, 20 in a row is only getting three and a half points on the road. That tells you what people think about the Minnesota Timberwolves and what they're After capable they of doing. So. their second leading score. Exactly. <laughs> just an interesting, yeah. interesting, interesting concept there. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got the Portland Trailblazers going to the Orlando Magic. The Orlando Magic have just traded away their entire roster, it seems like. Mm-hmm. So their starting five is going to be all brand new, except for Terrence Ross, who is the captain now. The Blazers <laughs> were just playing tonight against the Heat, so this is going to be a back-to-back for them. Um, the Blazers are going to be getting a new player, though. So, and Terrence Ross coming down from Tampa, so that's good for them. There are Norman Powell coming down from Norman Tampa, Powell, so he doesn't yeah. even have to leave the state. Yep. In terms of quarantine rules, he may actually be allowed to play tomorrow night for the Blazers. I don't know how that's going to work realistically, but they were able to win tonight without Gary Trent. Um, you know, CJ McCollum shooting great tonight. The Magic have no team, but the spread for this one is 11 and a half. I'm so confident in the Blazers and how well they're playing. I think they're going to crush the Magic. The Magic are playing to lose. And just like when Philadelphia was playing to lose, I always picked against them. So I'm picking against the magic now as they're tanking give me the blazers i think they're gonna beat them by a million doesn't matter where they played this game uh blazers for the win by like 20. you know what's interesting if evan fournier was still in the magic i'd pick the magic because <laughs> i've told you this before evan fournier just hates me and uh, he 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 has found a way he's he's been that one player to always find a way to um to to like shoot daggers into my eyes as I'm watching him and not realizing that he's even a player in the NBA, like so so if he was still on the team and they hadn't traded him away, I would be I would be going against you here and picking the Magic to cover to cover the eleven and a half points, um, but the fact that he has been traded away means that the Magic is in fact gone. No pun intended. Um, okay. The Blazers will win. Damian Lillard, again, is my favorite player to watch in the NBA. Um, and I will be, you know, I, I have NBA League Pass, so I might actually be checking in on this game just because I love watching Damian Lillard play so much. And I'm predicting somewhere north of 40 points for him in this game. Sounds accurate. I would take that. So I'll take the Blazers as well. All right. Heat going to the Hornets. Um, Hornets are at home. They're actually above the Heat right now in terms of wins. The Heat just lost against tonight, so the Blazers are at home. Heat are going up to Charlotte. Heat have to are favored by three and a half. Uh, they're a much better team than the Hornets. I don't know why they're not favored by more, except the fact they're on the road. Hornets are down uh, Lamelo as their point guard, which is a big piece for them. I think the Heat, especially with Jimmy Butler, I think he definitely outplayed Gordon Haywood. I'm going to take the Heat easy. It's going to be my no. I'm going to save that. I'm going to take the Heat for the win. Game number seven of 11. What's up, Malik? I am going to take the heat, and this will be one of my locks. Um, this will be my second lock of the week for, uh, for the Miami Heat to beat the Hornets. Um, look, you know, the heat, are, the, heat, the heat are a team that understands 
the, the levity of the situation. They understand that they, they need to turn it up. It's time to actually turn things up and it's time to get, you know, get back into the swing of things because they don't want to fall too far uh, in the playoffs seating and put themselves in a, in a situation where they've got to play the likes of Brooklyn or, um, you know, or the, or Philadelphia in the second round. Uh, if you can hold off on, on having to deal with that, um, that one, two punch until later on, later on, you get get yourself into the, um, into the conference finals. Um, that's, that's the route to go. So getting themselves up to a three seat or four seat or something like that uh, will help them to avoid that as best they possibly can. So uh, I'm going to take the heat. Uh, this is the type of game that they need to win. Uh, and I will assume that they will win this game. And it's a low enough spread that I think that they'll be able to win it by more than the three and a half points that they're giving away to Charlotte, uh, who, you know, has been an up and down team, even with LaMelo playing as great as he was playing. Their record was up and down, you know, you know, teetering around 500. I think this team is, you know, worse yeah, now with yeah. him. Yeah, the team is worse now with him gone. Um, and so, yeah, I'm going to take take the heat to to cover this game as well. All right. All right. Now, the next game, we got the Mavs at visiting, the Pacers visiting. Mavs are giving up four and a half at home. Um, Pacers did not make any moves, even though there was talk of trading. Basically, everyone on the team knows talk of trading. I guess they don't really believe in this bunch as they've kind of underperformed this year. But the Mavs have everybody back, and they have everybody back healthy. I'm going to be taking the Mavericks at home. Oh, actually, no. Scratch that. I'm picking against the Mavs because I'm just still not really believing in them. Give me the Pacers getting four and a half on the road. And, yeah, moving on. It's game number eight, the weird 830 game in Dallas. Yeah, I'm going to go the other way here. I'm going to take the Mavs to cover at home. Um, like you said, <clears throat> the Mavs are getting healthy. Carlisle's a really good coach. Um, and they they did trade for J.J. Redick. Uh, they traded they traded, they traded traded with the Pelicans to get J.J. Redick. Guy who um, played all year? All right. I, again, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to play in the game, if he's going to be available. But, you know, adding another shooter to their roster can only help them. Um, to be more competitive towards the end of the year. Luca's playing, he's playing amazing basketball. Chris Dapp yeah. seems to be, uh, you know, uh, at least at the very least healthy for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that just bodes well for a team like the Mavericks who need, you know, contributions from all of their, you know, all their key contrib- all their key, their key players to, uh, to maintain and continue to move up the ladder on the, in the Western Conference. So this is the type of game that they have to win, and they have to win it you know, pretty convincingly because the Pacers are not a great team, but they are a team that is very, very scrappy and will, you know, will surprise you if you don't, uh, if, you, if you let up on them. So this is, again, not, not feeling great about this. It's not going to be one of, my, one of my picks, I mean, one of my, my best bets, but I will take the Mavs to go contrarian to you and maybe hopefully make up some ground against you uh, in the long run. So give me the Mavs and uh, give the four and a half. All right. And the only reason I'm picking the Pacers is because I think it's just enough that this can end up being like a two-point win for the Mavs somehow, and the Pacers will end up covering. Um, next game, we got the Jazz hosting the Memphis Grizzlies. The Jazz are – wow, the Jazz are laying ten and a half points. They really do not believe in the Grizzlies to win this game at all as they are plus 425 on the money line just to win. 
I'm going to take – that seems like a lot, but the Jazz are really rolling and the Grizzlies are pretty terrible. Talk of John Morant being as good as he was. No, seriously, like Mike Conley has really changed the whole complexion of this team, and that trade has made a big difference for them getting rid of Rubio and bringing him in. Um, do I think they can blow him out? They should be able to blow them out, but should will they win? You know, I'm taking the Jazz on this one. I'm not even going to talk myself out of it. The Jazz are going to win. The Jonas Valanciunas has played pretty well for the uh, Grizzlies. He's been putting up some good numbers. He's been leading to some wins, but not not a lot of good wins over good teams. Give me the Jazz. I think they should win this, and they should probably win this by 12 or 13. They seem to cover a lot of their games. In the last five against the spread, they've been pretty solid, so I'll take the Jazz. Yeah, I don't. I don't know what the. I don't know what the the, the number has been like for the for the Jazz or the Grizzlies in the last. Uh, you know, against the spread in the last few few games. But because this is a ten and a half point spread, I'm going to go with the Grizz. Um, I think the Grizz are a talented enough team to keep themselves at in and to keep pace with the Jazz. Um, and I don't think that there is a reason to believe that John Morant and this and this squad can't at the very least keep it close enough to not lose by, you know, 10, 11 points, 11 plus points. So I'm going to take the Grizz. Uh, again, this is a pick against ace type of type of type of situation where uh, just trying to make up some ground against my, my brethren here. Um, really, I'm just trying to beat out Anthony. I, I don't like being behind him in any in any category. And since he's not picking this week, I think I, I have I have a pretty good shot at doing that since I'm only one game behind him. Um, so again, I'll take the Grizz. I'll take I'll take the ten and a half points, and um, I will. Uh, I, I think I might even lay some money on this one just because it feels it feels like a game that's a little bit too aggressively aggressively uh, spread. Uh, across, so I, I might actually would I would actually lay some money on the Grizz here, just to see if I can you know cash in on a on a on a big big job Morant night. The last two games they've played, the Jazz have won by twenty five points or more against the Grizzlies. You mean, or just in general? Okay, uh, just in general. They're playing three out of their next four games are going to yeah. be. So that, that's Grizzlies. where this. They're going to play them back to back at home Friday and Saturday. <laughs> And then they play Cleveland, and then they go back again, and then they go to Memphis and play yeah. Memphis. So that's where this is coming from. The Jazz have been playing really, really well. The Grizzlies, like you said, haven't been, and um, you know they're just assuming that the spread is going to um, that the spread the spread conveys that information. So, yeah, again, I'll take the Grizz, and um, and we'll see. All right. Next game up, we got the Atlanta Brian Falcons. <laughs> Jesus, the Atlanta Hawks. Hosting. No, the Atlanta Hawks are going to the Warriors. And because Steph Curry is still out and Draymond may actually not be playing as well due to the injury, the Atlanta Hawks are giving five and a half to the Warriors. That makes absolutely zero sense to me. Um, even without them, they still have Kelly Oubre and they still have Andrew Wiggins. And if Draymond plays, they should be able to win. Now, the Hawks have a huge advantage on their front line, on the front court, because they still have John Collins, who I thought that they were going to move, was going to be a yep. free agent. And they still have the old center from the Houston Rockets, Clint Capella, and he's definitely going to be helping them defensively. But the Warriors have a bunch of jump shooters. Now, Curry's not going to be coming back to play in this one, but if Draymond does, that will help them a lot because he can still run the point for them. And Jordan Poole's been doing just enough. Atlanta hasn't been shooting very well as of late, but if they do win this game, I can't see them winning this a lot on the road. 
I'm going to pick by – yeah, I can't see them winning this game by six, so I'm going to take the Warriors at home to cover. This game is going to be the – yeah, it's the second game on ESPN on the doubleheader for tomorrow. So, yeah, give me the Warriors plus the uh, five and a half, and I'll take that. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with you here. Um, Atlanta's – I think Atlanta's a better team. I just think that the spread is a little bit high um, for, uh, for, for them. Um, I think you're right, though. I, I actually, I, I do tend to disagree with you on the Draymond Green thing. I think Draymond is a, I think Draymond is a, is a fantastic player, but I think he needs the, you know, the pieces around him aren't, aren't playing at that, at that high level. He doesn't have Steph and he doesn't have, um, you know, the other shooters around him to, to really maximize what he's, what he does. Um, he's not capable of, of carrying the scoring load himself. Um, Draymond didn't play uh, tonight, by the way. Right. So if you, you to me, it's like you can't ask Draymond to score, you know, twenty four, you know, for you. Can he do it? Yes, he can probably do it in, in in a pinch. But he's not somebody that you can depend on to get you that that type of point total. He his 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 value is is in the intangible department, and it's really seen when he's got the the players around him that he can and he can really like let loose as far as the defensive defensive uh, is concerned and, you know, facilitating. Um, when he's forced into any kind of duty where he's forced to do something that, you know, just doesn't come in the flow of the game, that's where you see him, him struggle and, uh, and, and kind of force things a little bit. Um, I don't think it's going to happen so much here against Atlanta because Atlanta really doesn't play very great defense and they're not, uh, they're not out there trying to, uh, they're out there trying to outscore everybody, right? So uh, the Warriors should be able to get what they need to get from an offensive standpoint and make some plays, uh, especially in transition. Um, and, and, you know, the last thing I'll say is, you know, Trey Young is just not as good as I thought he was. I mean, I thought Trey Young was going to be, you know, was going to light this thing up and, you know, every year was going to get a little bit better and a little bit better and, 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 and lead Atlanta to a, a, a top, you know, five, top six seed. And he just hasn't been that, you know, uh, I really would have been interested in. Right. I mean, he's, not, he's in his third year, but so is Luca. Um, and yeah. so, you know, this is, and they were traded for one another. Right. So if you were Atlanta, you know, you're, you're, you're thinking to yourself, you know, you what could have been, you could have really had Luca. <laughs> and you chose and you chose Trey, um, but let let's let's so let's see where that lands in the next two years and see see how people feel about this about this trade. I think I think you know Mavericks feel pretty good at this point. Um, but again, I'll go with the Warriors. I'll take the points and uh, and see what happens uh, tomorrow evening with that. Thing. All right, final game of the night, the ten thirty game, which is kind of weird because clearly they don't even want people in LA or. Cleveland to be watching this one because if you're staying up in 10:30 to watch the Cavs play the Lakers, God without bless LeBron. You, LeBron ain't playing. Yeah, without exactly. LeBron. LeBron's not watching this game. LeBron's not. <laughs> I think LeBron has to be at the game. I'm not even he has to be at the game, but he's probably not going to be watching very much. <laughs> he's just going to be there with his eyes closed, sunglasses on. He's going to be sleeping. <laughs> Wearing suit. That'd be hilarious. I, I would. I would. I would love to see that. It's, uh, it's light work. They got this. I ain't need to play. Come on now. The Cavs have two really good guards. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are still healthy. Um, the Lakers just barely lost by about five or six points, I think, tonight to a team without LeBron. To the well, to the Sixers, who only had Ben Simmons. Danny Green hit him up for eight out of twelve uh, threes tonight. So the back-to-back might get to them, but they should be able to beat the Cavs. This is going to be my third lock of the week. 
if they don't beat the Cavs by six points, they're not trying. Um, I know the Cavs have Jared Allen. He hasn't been playing great as of late, but um, I think the Lakers are going to want to rebound and want to beat a bad team in the Cavs who aren't really playing for much and aren't really trying to play for much. I wouldn't say they're intentionally tanking because they're trying to build for the future because that's the whole point of them getting Jared Allen. But, um, yeah, I just don't see them having enough to beat this team, especially as the Cavs are in the 12th spot in the East. And I get that the Lakers won most of these games with LeBron and AD, but a 28-16 and 16 team without your two best players should still be able to beat a, a 17-27 and 27 team, you know, without a, without a backup center because now they've lost JaVale McGee. Although there is a little bit of revenge factor here with uh, Larry Nance Jr. coming back to the, coming back to L.A. to play against the team that drafted him. Um, I'm taking the Lakers, lock of the week, third lock. Yep, um, I'm going there as well. This is also my lock. Um, I think, honestly, the Lakers being in the situation that they're in, no AD, no LeBron, they've got to take wins where they can get them. They cannot afford to lose a game like this where they should absolutely win. Um, they're favored, you know, even without the two, star, the two stars. You need to win these games because wins like this will allow them to maintain some level of, uh, of stability within the conference and, and put them in a situation where when LeBron and AD actually do return, exactly. they're not, you know, facing an uphill battle. So this is the type of game you absolutely have to win. And if you beat the Cavs, you can beat them by five and a half points. You know, the Cavs were <laughs> – you should be able to beat the Cavs by five and a half points um, between, the, between the likes of Dennis Schroeder, um, Dennis Schroeder, um, Kyle Kuzma, um, more, you know, uh, Markeith Morris. Uh, <clears throat> uh, what's his name? Uh, Montez Harrell. Like, like these guys – you guys are good. You guys are, you, guys are, you guys are good quality NBA players. You should be able to take care of business and beat a Cleveland Cavaliers team that's not very good. Uh, so, and, and you're at home. So for no reason other than that, take the Lakers and, and give me the lock. And again, I, yeah, like you said, I won't be watching this game, but I will be expecting to wake up on Saturday morning and hear that the Lakers handled their business and took care of the Cavs and took them out and sent them, sent them home with an eight-point loss. And as I so Lakers these- give the five and a half. All right. I always get the Mark, the Morris brothers confused. Markeith was the it's one that started. Markeith. Markeith is the yeah. one that's He's, there. He was on the Lakers last year, but he was the one who signed with the Lakers basically after the league restarted. Yes. Because he started out with the Detroit Pistons. Yep. Last yep. season. So that's how far, far the Pistons have changed over the roster. They no longer have Drummond. They no longer have Markeith Morris. And they no longer have. Uh, Basically, they traded their entire team, and they traded away their starting point guard in Lon Wright. And they're going to let uh, Dennis Smith Jr. start the rest of the season. So you know they're not trying to win these games. Because they're starting mm-hmm. somebody that the Knicks wouldn't let play in the G League for them, start their, be their starting point guard. So they're in the uh, Cade Cunningham or Evan Mobley sweepstakes. All right. Book that for the Lakers from the league. All right. That's a wrap, y'all. So... As always, with our shout-outs this week, I'm going to get this started. Shout-out. Shout-out to USC for coming through with a win in the uh, tournament, making it to the uh, Sweet 16. Shout-out to my Chicago Bulls, my Chicago Bears for 
putting out the tweet that letting us know that Andy Dalton is our QB one. Last time a team put out a tweet like that was the uh, I was watching this on Highly Questionable was the Buffalo Bills who tweeted that out for Nathan Peterman. So that's always a good sign when you're compared to Nathan Peterman in terms of your team tweeting out a picture of you. <laughs> a man who threw five touchdowns, five was it five interceptions at halftime and seven for an entire game before he got pulled by the genius coach that is Sean McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> I still don't believe that team's winning because of their coach. I really do believe they're winning in spite of him because anybody who would be like, you know what? I'd rather start Nathan Peterman than Tyrod Taylor. It's clearly, he's not a great talent evaluator. I'll, I'll, I'll say just that. And uh, yeah, shout out to all of the ridiculousness that's been going on on all these reality shows. Shout out to Married at First Sight for keeping me entertained. Um, Chris, I, I don't know what you're doing, my man. Like, you got to get your life together. You're not making good decisions, and you're letting all of us see. I don't know what's going on with you, but this ain't it. Malik. Yeah. Um, shout out to – I'm going to start I'm going to start, start in the entertainment world. Shout out to Zack Snyder for making a four-hour movie <laughs> that told the Zack same story, that three-hour, two-and-a-half-hour version told with just more context around the characters whom I don't necessarily care for in the first place. Um, but shout out to you yeah, for getting two hours movie. Shout out to you for getting me to sit down and watch the extra two hours of this film. Because uh, <laughs> you did that. It will never happen again in my lifetime. I promise you. Um, shout out to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which started again, uh, which started up uh, and released its first episode last week. I'm looking forward to what's coming uh, in the next few weeks for for the for those two. They're very. Uh, a slow start, but we expected that, and uh, that's how it, that's how it goes. So, shout out to them for uh, keeping us entertained uh, in this, you know, in our in our return back from the COVID uh, the COVID pandemic, uh, our slow return back uh, from that environment. Going back from the pandemonium. Yeah. Uh, shout out to the Knicks. Uh, we don't we we you know we, I don't think we've we've made it we've made it pretty clear uh, on this on this show that the three of us are. From the New York area, we are Knicks fans, and we we support and uh, no, we're all from the and city. we support. We're not from the New York area, huh? we're from New York City. Yeah, we're from, from New York City. We're all Knicks fans, and we support yeah. the team. Um, but shout out to them for not succumbing and you know making a you know a, a deal at the deadline this week where they were they were they were rumored to be a part of everything. They were rumored to be a part of Norman yeah. Powell. They were rumored to be a part of Lonzo Ball. They were rumored to be a part of, you know, all these deals for all these players um, where they would have had to give up a ton. Uh, Oladipo was another one where they were, they were rumored to be, you know, sense, but you well, they were rumored to be like potentially giving up a ton of assets to, to get guys that they could very easily, um, that they could very easily sign in the off season. But also none of the guys that, that stood, none of the guys stood out as, as guys who would really change their trajectory uh, from what they are, this, what they are, what they are currently, which is a playoff-bound team in the Eastern Conference and yeah. a team that's going to be in the mix for you know um, for free agents in 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 the summer of uh, of 2021. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, it's it's just 
you know, it's, it's smart business to not, unless there's a deal that knocks your sock off, don't, don't make it, you know, yeah. sit back, let things happen as they may. And you're sitting one game above 500 right now. You're in, you're right there in the mix for the Eastern conference playoffs and you'll probably be there. Um, and you'll right. still, still uh, accomplish whatever your feats are. Um, and so, yeah, shout out to them for, for not, you know, caving and, and making some kind of move that, uh, you know, everybody would been scratching their heads about that may or may not have given them, you know, a two, two game advantage, uh, giving them two more wins in the, in the, in the win column, despite giving up like three draft picks to get it. Um, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then last but not least, shout out to, I'm going to take it back to the NFL. You did it as well. Last but not least, shout out to Michael Brockers, uh, new defensive tackle on the Detroit Lions. Probably one of my favorite stories of the last couple of months. <laughs> the uh, Detroit Lions, uh, you guys may remember, the Detroit Lions made a trade back in, I want to say February. Uh, uh-huh. They traded Matt Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams to acquire Jared Goff and in a uh, announcement to, you know, in, in his press conference, you know, talking about the trade, Michael Brockers um, said that this acquisition of Matt Stafford was a step up for the Rams. And, you know, he said it, stated it, you know, said it with his chest out, you know, that this oh, team was going to be great. They got to step up in talent. Michael Brockers was just traded to the Detroit Lions <laughs> a week ago. And has now had to backtrack. And the first person he called, just shout out to him, because the first person he called was Jerry Goff to apologize for what he, for what he said he to actually? him. Yeah, he's, yeah he, he, he called Jared and he apologized. And Jared, you, you know. just let that rock. Like, what's good? What's Goff going to do? Like, I, 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 I definitely would have. I definitely would have. I would have said, dude, he's better than you. Okay. Stafford is better than you. And it would, it was a step up. I did feel that. That doesn't mean I don't, that doesn't mean I don't plan on winning. I'm I'm playing with you and playing well. They got to the Super Um, Bowl together. That's cold. That is cold. Look, he backtracked the statement. He made amends with his quarterback, but you know, shout out to him for recognizing that, you know, you you didn't messed up and, uh, and and recognizing that you have no control over this, my brother. Don't say anything. Just stay PC and do what my man Marshawn Lynch does. Say nothing. Just show up so you don't get fined. Stop talking. <laughs> Stop talking. Don't hit send. Uh, <laughs> Chill out. And uh, you'll be much better life. for it. So shout out to you, man. I hope you do well in Detroit uh, again. I'm rooting for you. So that's yes. it. And shout out to uh, Kyle Fuller. Even though he got cut from the Bears so they could save some money. You played great for us, and I appreciate watching you every Sunday for the past six or seven seasons while you were there. You earned that money, and it's too bad you didn't get to see the end of it. I will say that these NFL players be working super hard and never see the last year of their deal. It's wild to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, and then uh, somebody tweeted out today that um, Tom Brady is the first Tampa Bay Buccaneers quarterback ever to sign a second contract with the team. Amazing. Yes. I'm like, wait a second. You had Testaverde. You had Doug Williams. You had Brad Johnson. You had Trent Dilfer. You had all these people. Uh, and I just realized, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, James Winston is gone. Jeff Garcia is gone. That means you've never had a quarterback worth re-signing. This team's been in existence since 1976. They've never wow. signed a contract. Like, even the Bears have signed guys to two-year contracts. Like, 
Cutler came back and signed another contract. Jim McMahon got a second contract. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Andy Dalton got a second second contract after this year, <laughs> depending <laughs> on how well a, well it goes. Seriously, like this is a guy who won eleven games with Cincinnati. He can't win eleven games with Chicago. I, I can see it. That, that's just that's that's the craziest thing I've ever heard in my life. But we're gonna end this. Peace out to all of our fans who are listening to us. I appreciate it. Appreciate all the love on Twitter. And uh, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Facebook, and listen to us on Podcast Addict, TuneIn Radio, and Google Podcasts, where you can find us. Peace. Peace out.